0: Welcome to Apply Filters, the podcast all about WordPress development. Now, here's your hosts, Pippin Williamson and Brad Tunoff. Welcome to episode 33 of Apply Filters. Today is a special WordSesh episode, and we're going to be talking about upgrade routines and plugins and what's new in WordPress 4.1. But first, Pippin, how about the sponsors?
1: Uh, Once again, uh, this episode is sponsored by the WP Ninjas. They're developers behind Ninja Forms as well as Ninja Demo and several other pretty cool little plugins. They're some good friends of ours, and they've been very generous in helping us keep this thing going. Um, This is also the first time we've ever done a video episode, so this is a little different for us, but uh, it should be fun. So why don't we go ahead and get started, and Brad, take us away. What have you been working on? Uh, Last Friday, we had a... Core
0: Contributor Day uh, with Delicious Brains Inc, my company. Uh, so like all the employees just spend the whole day working on Core, WordPress Core. Uh, and uh, it was just pretty fun just to kind of work on it. That's Core.
1: for the, the 5 for 5, right?
0: Yeah, well that that's kind of what pushed me over the edge for sure. I'd been thinking about it before Matt put up that thing, but
1: um, that kind of pushed me over the edge. and. I so just, you, so just, you, you guys spent the time working on core as a as a team. What you what you guys work on for the day? Find anything interesting?
0: Yeah. So uh, one of the bugs I found was uh, was interesting little bug. It was just a little performance bug. So the problem is uh, with comments when you list comments on the page, if there's any meta data that you're displaying like comment metadata mm-hmm. it'll do a select query for that comment meta for every comment so so if there's a hundred comments on the page it'll do a select query for each one of those uh, and this is bug that someone suggested be implemented four years ago <laughs> uh, yeah it looks like it came for from... been around for a while yeah it's been around so uh, so I kind of dug into it and it took a while to get my head around it I' was probably I don't know. I'm supposed to spend like over an hour, like trying to figure out like what I need to bring together to to like the best way to bring it together and like make it happen. And if you look, we'll we'll link up the the bug in the show notes and the patch. That I'm gonna I drop, drop it into in. the
1: chat too for anybody who wants it.
0: Yeah, yeah, do that. Uh, it's super small and and
1: it's like really brief and you know, you can, it's one screen. You know, you it's <laughs> funny. I was reading through that issue to. And as I was reading it, I was thinking this is a pretty large problem. And I saw your patch, and it's tiny. Like it's so small, it's awesome. I know. Well, no one's reviewed it yet, so <laughs> I hope it's right. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> but uh,
0: I've tested it, and it seems to work great. Um, it cuts like all those queries down to one query, right? That's really cool. So instead of hundred queries, you get one query.
1: That's gonna be a major improvement for anything that, if anybody's using plugins that add a lot of comma meta, um, yeah, you know, or like review plugins, for example because in, in core, by default, there's really very little metadata stored in comments. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Generally, I, it probably doesn't affect people unless they have that.
0: To test it, I had to actually um, to like make like adjustments to the default themes because they don't display any comment meta, right? So I had right. to actually add some in there to test. So.
1: Well, that's pretty cool. I hope we'll see uh, some more progress there once a core dev gets to review it.
0: Yeah, What about?
1: have you considered uh, like dedicating a day to core? Like- I've been meaning to, uh, it's been on my to-do list, well, for about two years. <laughs> every, <laughs> I tend to go through phases where uh, one month, like I'll spend two or three months reviewing patches or trying to, trying to do some testing of patches, submitting, uh, I try to do a lot with unit test. Uh, in the last couple of months I haven't done hardly anything, but every now and then I get into a nice zone and get some done. Hoping to get back into it soon.
0: It's interesting to do it as a company because then you're kind of um, you're kind of on the hook, right? Like everyone knows that it's like that day of the month and everything, and so everyone's kind of accountable to each other to, to make sure it happens.
1: I've been wanting to also get um, our support team involved and get into the .org support forms. Oh yeah, especially after major releases.
0: Is there like a big need for that right now, or is it?
1: Well, there's always going to be a need. Yeah. Um, I mean especially anytime there's a major release no matter how solid a, a release is when we're talking about millions and millions of sites there's going to be people with problems, there's going to be people with questions and so every other every additional volunteer in the forums helps Right. so yeah. is there always going to be a need? Yeah, probably
0: Cool man, well, what have you been working on in the past? Uh,
1: this, uh, the last couple of weeks mostly this week has been focused on uh, a new version of my Restricted Content Pro plugin which is a membership plugin. It's my uh, it's one of the three of the main plugins that I work on, but it's probably the smallest of the three, which would be Ed and our and uh, AffiliateWP. And anyway, I've been working on some big changes to it that have been really eating at me for a while that I've wanted to work on, uh, and that is how the member data is stored in the database and also how payment integrations work with Stripe, with PayPal, etc. And so I'm doing a whole bunch of new changes, um, and it's actually great because it's going to lead into into the main subject for this uh, this episode, which is upgrade routines in in plugins. So one of the changes that I'm making in this is for the last years that this plugin's been around, all of the information related to members, which would be things like the subscription level that they're subscribed to, uh, their status, whether like they're active, they're canceled, they're failed, etc., uh, their expiration date, all of these different things are all stored in user meta. Well, on a small scale, that works pretty fine works just fine but when you get into really really large sites it can start to cause problems. So I have a site that I actually work on quite frequently that, that has around 500,000 users in the database um, and storing that much uh, user meta can have problems uh, and it's more difficult when you start trying to query that information. Uh, so one of the changes that I'm getting ready to make and that I'm working on is actually moving all of that member data to a custom custom table in the d- database. Uh, structure in the exact way that I want with the the proper schema, make things a lot more efficient. I should be able to make the plugin probably five or ten times more efficient than it is right now. Um, And so that's this last week is kind of where I've been starting on those changes. But the fun part of that is that I then get to write an upgrade routine that goes and migrates every single user in the database to that new schema, uh, which could be 20 users or it could be 500,000.
0: Right. So Lots of fun. Right, so uh, are you gonna tackle that? I, I know last week we discussed uh, the upgrade r- routine that, that I implemented, or we implemented, in uh, our uh, Amazon plugin. Is, it, is that similar to what you have
1: planned for, for this, or? Uh, yeah, it'll be pretty similar, at least um, based on what I remember from the upgrade routine that you did. Um, the, the basic idea for what I'm going to do, uh, it's actually two parts. So one part of the upgrade is simply maintaining backwards compatibility for the old schema. So if someone tries to call get user meta and uh, maybe they're trying to get the status or the expert and perhaps they built a custom plugin or they've done something and they call get user meta, I'm going to implement all the necessary hooks to maintain backwards compatibility so that when they pull that information it still works. Even though that database that data no longer exists in the user meta table, um, so that's step one. And then step two is actually moving the data from user meta to the custom table, and that will simply be a, a batch processing script that will go through and say do 50 or 100 users at a time, and we'll be able to continue going forever until that until all the users are done.
0: Right. So that's just going to run on a cron
1: in the background? uh Uh, To be honest, it's probably going to run at the time you install the upgrade. Um, I mean, I could actually do it either way. I could do it on a cron because if the backwards compatibility is there, um, I can probably do it in a way that it actually doesn't matter which table the information exists in. But because cron is notoriously unreliable, um, in, in WordPress, at least, the WordPress cron API. Mm-hmm. I, I think I want to do it all at once, and so that way, if something goes wrong, the person running the site knows that there's an upgrade routine running and that if something dies, they can say, hey, the upgrade routine died, as opposed to they were using their site and randomly all their user information is gone.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is like pretty important migration, oh, yeah. right? Like, if this goes wrong, it's trouble, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, it, what about, what if something does go wrong? Do you have, like, fallback scenarios? Like, what happens, like, if it halfway um, through, it
1: forks? My plan is to make it so that if it fails, let, let's say it's going through, and it's going to migrate 100,000 users, and it fails at 20,000. Mm-hmm. 1,000 that have been migrated, and 80,000 that are still there. Um, my goal is to just, like, put in a blocker that says, hey, we failed for some reason, use the old database, until we can get the new one moved over. So no data will be deleted until we know that we have a good, uh, the new database is complete. Because that way, at least you can revert.
0: Yep. Yep. I mean, that's kind of, that's how uh, MigrateDB Pro works, right? Like, when it does the migration, it copies the tables, like, separately, like, Mm -hmm. with a different prefix, and then... If all's good at the end, then it renames them in like one quick operation. Right. Uh, well, sorry, it drops all the existing ones and then renames the ones with the prefix. Um, so, you know, if anything goes wrong uh, halfway through, then you just end up with you know some tables
1: that you can easily delete. In right, your data. having uh, a little leftover data at the end is a heck of a lot better than having missing data. <laughs> yeah, so, oh yeah, yep. for sure. So that's going to be fun. That's has been this whole week uh, and will be for a while. It's kind of a slow process for me because it's not my primary focus. It's right. what I decide to do when I'm tired of working on other things and I want to spend two hours on something else.
0: Right. Huh. Interesting.
1: Uh, so how do, you, how do you go about, uh, Brad, you, you've done this and, and I've done this, but for, for people who have never done this, how do you start this kind of upgrade routine? How would you go about it?
0: Yeah, good question. I think it really depends. Do you you mean like how do you how do you start the process? Well, like how so do you start the upgrade?
1: Yeah, just for an example, you can't just say, okay, here's a one big SQL query. Go modify 100,000 rows in the database because it will fail. Right. So yeah. h- how do you lay that process out? How do you keep it going? How do you make sure it can run for five hours or 20 hours or two minutes?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of considerations there. Um, the first thing to, to to decide on, I think, is you know whether it should automatically start. Like the migration should automatically start, um, because like, do you want do you want your code to have to uh, like do you want to have to write or have code that works with the existing data, right? I mean that that would be. If that's the case, then you'd have like two sets of code, <laughs> right, one that works with the old data and one that works with the new data, and then you're waiting for them to upgrade to the new data schema, and then the, then you can use the new code. I mean, that's that's pretty complicated, right? Usually, you know, you just, you get them to upgrade the data right off the bat, like. Okay, but
1: so once once you get the upgrade started, how do you actually go through processing that upgrade? I mean, you're doing you're going to do it in a batch. Yes. So you yeah. you have to. I mean, let's say you have a hundred thousand records, you're going to do a hundred at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what is that? Ten thousand steps, something like that. Yeah. Uh, how yeah. do you how do you go through those steps to ensure that your you don't have a timeout? What yeah. would you do? Um. So what we do is I know that most
0: web requests will work for around 30 seconds, but we err on the side of caution and we say like 10 seconds, right? So what we do is we set a timer and then we run it and then after 10 seconds we stop it and then we do another batch after that. So we basically it depends on like how fast your you know, your server's running and your database and you know, all those things uh, and how much uh, gets processed in a batch. Uh, That's the way we we chose to do it. Um, You can certainly do it other ways. You could do, um, uh, you know, you could just pick an arbitrary number, right? But that's a little less safe, right?
1: I actually really like what you say about the timer, because that's actually the issue that I ran into. So in all the ones that I've done, is I do it on a certain number. So I say, I'm going to do 100 users at a time. That works really well for most people, but occasionally you get into situations where you. A server can only do 50, or can only do 20, for, for a variety of reasons. But that yeah. timers, I like that idea.
0: Well, the most the most common reason, if you want the technical server sysadmin crap, <laughs> it's it's that, uh, and so if you have a PHP FPM setup with Nginx, usually, uh, the set time limit function in PHP, it doesn't it, that doesn't mean anything. To PHP-FPM, it doesn't obey that. PHP-FPM has its own timeout uh, setting that's like in a you know config file on the server somewhere, uh, and it obeys that. And that's whatever your web host has set it to, right? Like I said, it's you know typically around thirty seconds, and if it exceeds that, you get those gateway timeout uh, errors that I'm sure everyone has that's seen. Super awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and so. So that's why I've gone with the... That's why I usually go with the, the timer uh, now because well, we learn the hard way that, you know, doing a fixed number...
1: <laughs> is you, to, you also have to be careful with, uh, like, things like set timeout because they're not always enabled on all shared hosts. Right. kind of a problem. Um, I, I do don't just, know, like, why they would disable that. Like, it's like... I know it fails on safe mode, which is super obnoxious.
0: Right. Safe um, mode is... It's silly
1: though, isn't it? Is it? Silly. it is silly. <laughs> it's actually deprecated in five, PHP five five. Right, something like that. Five is five, that, five, I five. it? Yeah, yeah, they, I think that's right, yeah. They're officially deprecated, which makes me At, really happy.
0: I'm pretty sure we support it in TV Pro,
1: but you get like a warning that says things <laughs> things may not work out here. No. Nice. So. Um, actually, so I just posted a link into the chat for anybody who wants to see it. Um, and so this is actually a really cool script. That Thomas Griffin released a few days ago uh, oh, yeah. for doing batch upgrades, uh, and it's basically the same process. No matter what kind of batch upgrade you're doing, it's the same kind of logic. Like there's a few little nuances here and there that change, um, but basically it's the same thing where you're going through and doing it in batches. Uh, and so that's what I'm going to get. In, that's what I'm getting ready to do for Restricted Content Pro is I'm going to set up a batch processing script that will go through and move all of this customer data over. Um, And we also just did this for Easy Digital Downloads uh, a couple of months ago when we released a version 2.1. We introduced a brand new customer table where we moved all of our customer records from user meta to a custom table in the database, and we had to go through and migrate every single customer record. Uh, And it worked really well. We had uh, a really small number of failures, at least that we were aware of. but so this this script, uh, the one that Thomas Griffin wrote, is very similar to what we did in EDD and what I'm going to do in our. Well, it uses a, a nice combination of, of PHP and JavaScript. Uh, basically, like uh, each batch, each bash, sorry, batch is triggered <laughs> by uh, by by Ajax and by JavaScript. So it fires off an Ajax request that triggers a batch. Then the batch returns there's a new, which triggers the AJAX to say, okay, we're done, let's do it again. And it can just keep looping and looping and looping and you don't, ever, you don't have to worry about uh, redirect timeouts. Because uh, okay. if, if you get a lot of servers, if you try to redirect say five or ten times, it will say, oh, you're going back and forth to the same page again, and I'm done. I yeah. quit. Uh, and so that helps avoid that. So that's that's how MigrateDB Pro works, actually. It uses AJAX
0: and just does, you know, one request, gets the yeah. uh, Gets like a some kind of value back to start the next batch, you mm-hmm. know, to know where to leave off the next batch, um, and so we've we've tested that, you know, that uh, solution I guess uh, quite a bit, um, and it's it's worked quite well. So, like, yeah. it's
1: the way uh, to go. You can also do it the way that uh, I did it first in in easy digital downloads was a little bit differently, where instead of so when you're processing with Ajax, which is the same way that Thomas Griffins does, the same way that WP DB Pro does, uh, you actually load the page, and it has... It's constantly showing you a progress bar. And so it sends a request, it, get, it returns a response from that request, updates the status, etc. So, but I did one a little bit differently that also worked pretty well, where it actually does reload the page over and over and over again. But what happens... Um, is you first go to the upgrades page, which then has a, a small JavaScript snippet on it. That JavaScript snippet triggers a redirect via, Java, uh, via the, the jQuery, a jQuery redirect, uh, which goes to an action in PHP to fire. That PHP redirects back to the upgrade screen, which is essentially a, a success page. Then the JavaScript on that page ends up triggering the redirect again. And so you've essentially created a, a redirect loop that's mm-hmm. not actually re- looping. It's not. I mean, it doesn't trigger the the redirect loop error. Right. Um, but that works. Just that also works.
0: Mm. One thing. One thing we have noticed, or yeah, we've noticed a little bit lately, is um, some servers are uh, protecting against brute force attacks. Right, like we're making a bunch of requests one after the other, and uh, if If your Ajax requests, like, finish quickly and start, and and fire the next one quickly, sometimes the server will ban you. (laughs) Oh, awesome. And so you do have to be careful of that. We're actually thinking of um, adding a delay, basically. Slow down your migration setting uh, so that, you know, if, if that's a problem that you're having, you can actually, like, add a delay between each Ajax request, so. It's just something to watch out for. That's pretty awesome. (laughs) It's it's pretty uncommon. Like, we've only got a
1: few reports of it, like, in the last six months or so. It's one of those edge cases that's kind of entertaining when you run into it. It's definitely, I'm sure that was a harder one to track down. Yeah, yeah, it... (laughs) I mean, I don't, I don't even remember what the heck we did. But. Cool, so we've got about 25 minutes left. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump into WordPress 4.1, and we're gonna look at some of the developer changes in 4.1. Um, if anybody has questions about upgrade routines in the database, feel free to post them in the chat, ping us on Twitter, post comments to uh, anywhere you can find us, happy to answer them. Uh, sure, so I haven't done my homework at all on <laughs> WordPress 4.1. Surely so. you
0: installed it already. I have. I've, I've, I've tested like the surface, right? I, the, the toys, I played with the distraction-free uh, editing or distraction-free writing. Stuff I will um, say
1: that is really nice.
0: It is super cool, right? Like I, I mean, it just makes so much more sense that it just it just works, right? <laughs> you don't have to go like hit a button to go to another screen and then exit out of that screen. It just kind of
1: happens. Yeah, I, uh... it's it's super slick. If you haven't checked that out, go go take a look at it. It's one of the main features in the uh, WordPress four point one release post on WordPress. Uh, David Bissett on Twitter said something pretty funny about it. He said the Uh, The new distraction-free writing is so great in 4.1, basically uh, my family hasn't seen me in 24 hours (laughs) because I've just been writing. Nice. (laughs) It's it's pretty sweet. Ah, So there are uh, a few developer-oriented changes in 4.1 that are really cool. There's a couple of minor ones uh, and then some that make me really, really happy. Uh, So the first one uh, are the new title tags. Have you seen that, Brad? I have not. What's that about? Okay, so... This one, I really like it simply because I feel like this is probably something that should have been there a long time ago uh, because it would have caused, it would have saved a lot of uh, headache and theme development. So I'm really glad that we finally have it. Uh, Basically uh, the title tags, which is the title that displays in your browser, is now an officially supported function in WordPress. So there's an actual function that just outputs those title tags, sets up the title tags, etc. If you have ever done theme development, or you've ever looked into themes, you are probably aware that there are thousands of different ways that themes have come up with adding the title tag to their header.php files. Uh, There's so many different ways. Some work really, really well, some don't. So there's an official title. um, And if you want to support it in your theme, it's done done through the theme support API. So you simply say add theme support title tag.
0: Okay, so let let me think. I've always used just WordPress SEO to manage my titles, right? So I've always had like the standard, whatever it is, WP underscore title or, or whatever, right. the, the usual one that I put in there. And that's always just worked with WordPress SEO plugin. So right, how which how
1: is does. This, so how does this, uh, this help
0: me? <laughs>
1: um, so the, the big thing is that this is also, um, and I hope I get this right. To be honest, I haven't dug into the source enough to know for sure on this one. But so they've introduced a number of functions along with it. Uh, for uh, like archive titles, for example, okay, um, that will display the title for like taxonomy archives, for post type archives, for tag archives, etc. Um, and so, what it's going to end up doing is going to be create a much more consistent um, titles in. In themes, so instead of each theme coming up with their own way, like if you've ever seen, uh, a lot of themes will do this. I know my current theme does. Uh, It has a function that hooks into, um, I think, WP Title is the filter, and it goes through all these conditionals and it says if is tag, do a title like this. If is post type, do a title like this. If is taxonomy, do this, do this, do this. Uh, And so this is going to help get rid of all of that fluff. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Along with those, they've also introduced uh, new template functions for, like, post-navigation, um, which oh. is get the post-navigation, the post-navigation, and uh, post plural, uh, which will be awesome for official pagination, which will be nice, uh, because pagination is another thing that's been done in so many different ways, in, in tons of different themes and plugins, et cetera, and so this is just going to create a little bit more consistency for it.
0: Yeah, that which sounds will be right. sweet. Yeah. yeah. Um, What's next? Uh, complex queries. Yeah, okay. this looks pretty cool. Yeah,
1: this is awesome. So uh, I'm gonna post a link to this in the chat for anybody who wants to read up onto it. Uh, this is a major shout out to Boone Gorges because he is a madman that has done amazing things. Um, so first of all, this is amazing, and that's coming from Pippin. I mean, <laughs> hey, I, I can't even touch this stuff. This is a, this stuff's nuts. Uh, so. <laughs> In, in 4.1, Boone introduced, I think, 250-plus new unit tests, which is awesome, related around uh, specifically around queries. Um, but there's three major changes to queries that are pretty awesome, or three different types of queries that are changing. So we have uh, WP date queries, WP meta query. Um, all of these are the main query classes that can be used for Querying complex data from the database. So if you want to find a list of posts that have a particular piece of post meta, uh, you can use that. If you want to find posts that are within a particular date range or match a specific date or after a specific date, you're using a a date query, uh, even if you don't realize it. Uh, If you want to query posts that are related to a specific taxonomy in a post category, in a post tag, and in some custom taxonomy you've registered, then you're using a tax query. Well, and so what these have all supported for a while uh, the ability to say, have like, or, and or statements. So let's say that related to geolocation. So we're going to store a city, we're going to store a zip code, and we're going to store a state. So for one particular post, you might say we have, uh, it's the city is Miami and the state is Florida. And then in another one, you have the city is Augusta and the state is... I have no idea where Augusta is. I think there's an Augusta, Florida. Uh, but anyway, so you have... you have, And so for a long time, you've been able to say, okay, give me all posts that are in Florida or are in Kansas. Or you could change it so you can say, give me all posts that are in Florida and have a city of this. So you can have and or statements. Well, now what you can do uh, is you can have nested statements. So you can have... You can say, I want all posts that are in Miami or are in Ohio and sorry so I have that backwards you can say I want all posts that have a city of Miami and a state of Ohio and all posts that have a city of Augusta and a state of Maine so you can what you can do is now you can have basically a big or statement so it matches this one or this one and then inside of each one of those you can have an and statement so you can say this city, and this state, this city, and this state. And so anything that matches this bubble, or this and so you can do that with meta queries, tax queries, and date queries.
0: Yeah, just check um, out the check out the link in the show notes, or in the chat, because it's like, there's a little snippet of code here, and it's like super clear that it's...
1: It's a lot easier to read
0: than it is to explain. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. It's, but yeah, it takes about three seconds to realize, oh, this is cool, you can nest, nest these... Uh, these yeah. relationships—that's pretty cool. Yeah.
1: Apparently, I'm having some problems with my video freezing. So, I... anybody who's seen that?
0: Eh. What do you oh, gonna well.
1: do? What can I do? Um, then there was one other big change to uh, to queer to complex queries. It's pretty cool, which is related to WP comment query. Um, comments have had a technically support for custom comment types for a long time. So you could have a pingback comment, a trackback comment, or a standard just like blog post comment, Um, and it used to be a little tricky if you wanted to say query them by a specific type. Um, Now it's a lot simpler to do that, so there's a lot better support for custom comment types, Uh, and then there's also um, some additional parameters that they've added allow you to say I want all comments except for those that are in this uh, list of IDs or I want all comments that match this list of post IDs, so let's say you have 50 posts and you need to go get all of the comments related to those posts, you can easily do that now. Oh, that's pretty, pretty sweet. Cool. Definitely yeah. a nice change.
0: Huh. I wonder if you're going to start to see like, people using comments and uh, comment meta more for, for other things right? that, that satisfy that data structure. Um, I've I've seen a few examples. Uh, I knew I know WooCommerce uses them for order notes. So and they use them
1: for order notes, and I believe they also use them for product reviews. Oh, I may be I, I may be wrong that. on the product reviews. Yeah. Uh, do you guys use them in EDD? We do. We use them for payment notes, uh, mm-hmm. and we have an extension that does it for for product reviews.
0: Cool. Well, how's that worked out? Is it is there issues with it? Or
1: well. Yeah, there' there's some pain points which is one of the reasons why these changes to comment query make me really really happy. Uh, so if for example right now if you want to let's say you register a custom comment type which you don't actually register it you just include it into the, the args when you store it into the database um, but if you do that, it's automatically going to be displayed along with other comments. so if you have a recent comments widget in your sidebar or on your dashboard, those comment types are going to be included. Well, if you're storing notes on, uh, oh, Mike Jolly in the chat did just say product reviews are comments. So there you go, you confirmed. Yes. Uh, so, but if you have if you have these these notes that you're storing on order order data in the comments, those might contain um, more private information. Maybe things like transaction IDs or um, maybe private notes left by a, a store admin or something like that. And you really don't want them to be publicly available. Um, especially think about, like, RSS feeds. You definitely don't want them showing up in RSS feeds for comments. Or with the new JSON API coming, you don't want them to be publicly available there. And so if you want to exclude those right now, you have to do some kind of nasty stuff. Um, You have to alter some database queries and say, don't don't touch these ones if we have a payment note of EDD payment or anything like that. Oh, right. So
0: you're, you're, okay. hooking, you're probably hooking into, like, the posts where, underscore where yeah, filter. Yeah, we do, we do posts
1: where, comments where, Yikes. and uh, I, think there's, I think there's three that you have to do if you want to exclude them from all yeah. defaults, which is kind of annoying. So in, yeah. in 4.1, there's better support for just excluding those by default. Um, and I think, I'm not sure if this actually went in or not, but this was proposed in, in a ticket, uh, that core should only display default types. So it will only ever display comments, pingbacks, and trackbacks, um, and so if you have a custom comment type, you can it'll just be hidden by default unless a plugin enables it. Cool. Uh, I don't remember if that actually got in or not, but it was definitely proposed. So
0: next uh, next feature, four point one is log out everywhere. So I don't really know what that is, but let me guess. So you log out of WordPress, it logs you out of every account that you're logged into
1: on the internet. Is that no? <laughs> Uh, no, exactly. That, that, so that might it's be totally a different.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that that might be a problem. Uh, so so this is kind of cool, uh, and I think I can. I'm going to see if I can actually pull this up real quick and and do it local. Uh, if I can, if I can do, replicate this real quick, I might share my screen out. Apparently, uh, I'm going to fail though. Okay, I'll just tell you what it is. So what it is is the ability to. Uh, It's like session management. So when you are logged into your user account on a site, that's your session on that site. Uh, And let's say that you then leave that computer, you go to your laptop, and you log in again. You now have two different sessions logged into that site. Well, now what you can do is uh, it will actually tell you if you're logged in somewhere else, and you can say, kill all other sessions. That belong to me. Um, And so it's just a little button on your profile page. If you go to, like, your profile uh, in the WordPress admin, and you're logged in somewhere else, it will say log out other sessions. Oh, you know what, actually I think it shows at all times. So I can click it, and it just lets me do it, which is pretty cool. So it logs you out everywhere else. Um, so this, is, this, is a, this is a new UI change, right? Yeah, it's a new UI change. Um, okay, here's okay. an example where it's really cool, where it's great. Let's say you go to a coffee shop, and you use a public computer.
0: Yeah.
1: And you leave yourself logged in, and you forget about it, and you, and then you realize two hours later, crap. I was logged into my site, and I don't want someone to do that. So you simply log in again, you go there, and you click log out, and you'll be logged out on the other computer. Hmm.
0: That's, That's pretty- yeah. yeah, it's a nice feature for sure. I noticed th- this must be must, must have been like uh, incremental improvement uh, in 4.0 too because I, we've noticed with migrate DB Pro now uh, when someone migrates the user meta table, it logs them out if they're logged in on the other side. So there's a um, um, there's I a new
1: that is yeah uh, it was a new class they implemented called WP sessions I think
0: yeah and there's a there's a new um, there's new data that they put into uh, the user meta table that right. has information where you can you know if you remove that that record in that table it'll log you out everywhere I think so I think that you could have done this previously by editing the database but
1: there was just there was no ui for it there was just no ui right. for so yeah, the api that powers it was in 4.0 4. i believe and now the ui is in 4.1 yeah so um, so cool. what else what's, what else is new here no so, oh that,
0: you got to tell me about plugin recommendations it sounds oh, really yeah. cool have you looked into it
1: uh, i have a little bit i was i followed the track ticket on it uh, so it's pretty cool what it does uh, it now wordpress.org is constantly aggregating data and talent and keeping track of what plugins are frequently used together. So if you have plugins on your site uh, and you then go to add a new plugin, it's actually going to look at those plugins and say, okay, these are the other plugins that people use with the plugins that you have installed frequently. Um, so where this gets really cool, a while for this to, to pop up just because uh, I'm not sure how long the data has been aggregating, but let's say that you're using uh, an e-commerce plugin, whether it's EDD or WooCommerce or Jigoshop or anything like that, and you you have uh, and there's free free extensions to that plugin in in the dollar repository, and you go to click go click add new and go to search, and you'll be able to go find extensions a lot more easily that are directly related to that core plugin because they're frequently installed together, right? Um, which would be kind of cool. So I ha- I haven't played with it enough to kind of see how good the recommendations are like I have it open right now uh, and... It's pro- probably I'm gonna guess it's not
0: Amazon quality yet <laughs> that would be that would be pretty impressive though but okay
1: so he- here's a quick uh, shout out that that worked well apparently so I have affiliate WP installed which is my affiliate plugin yeah I go to recommendations and two of the free affiliate pl- WP add-ons that are in the repository show up nice so there we go
0: cool do you have any idea like how they're doing it on the back
1: end I, I don't uh, I haven't seen the API for it. mystery black box yeah I don't know if like when you install a plugin if it sends a query that says hey here's all the plugins I have um, but I'm sure that you could dig into the core in- installation API and figure it out yeah uh, um, let's see what There's else a got? couple of other things that are new in 4.1 that are pretty nifty yeah. uh, customer API so, or sorry, customizer API.
0: Customizer API, yeah. I, so, I tend to ignore these things because they're like theme related. I don't do a lot of work with themes, so I just like, hey. I like to
1: pay. I like to pay attention and uh, I don't usually play with them as much. Um, but the customer API does have a cool feature in it now um, that allows you to conditionally show or hide uh, sections and, and panels based upon the page that you're previewing. So let's say that you have settings in the customizer. Um, so you for your theme and now this can apply to plugins as well so this is this is pretty cool because you can build settings pages for your plugins oh you haven't really done but I've seen people that have done it really well uh, but let's say that you are previewing the home page in in the customizer uh, and so then you have settings that only apply to the home page so you can show those settings in the customizer then you navigate over and show a static page somewhere else or something else, some other page on your site where those settings related to the home page really don't apply anymore and so you can hide them by default. So the API now supports that. So it'll create much really a lot better settings panels for the customizer that are much easier to navigate for the user because they're only seeing stuff that actually applies to them right there. Cool. So instead of green, you, have a, you have a live version of what applies to what you're seeing right now, which can be very cool. Oh, that is neat. Uh, well, then I think see. I'll
0: have to take a look at, closer look at that now that I know that it applies to plugins.
1: Definitely. <laughs> I, I, I've been wanting to build a build a sand screen, screen and a plugin for it just just to do it. I haven't really had a reason to yet because I haven't had a plugin that needs it, um, but I would like to. Yeah.
0: So and then of course 2015 is uh, has been released with 4.1 as well. So the new.
1: I like 2015 a lot. It is it is a pretty pretty theme. Um, yeah. I. Yeah, there is one thing that I kind of like and dislike at the same time about it. Um, so first of all, the theme itself is just is beautiful. Uh, it requires WordPress 4.1 it, um, because of the new template tag function that they've introduced. Um, and so, wow. one great thing about that is that it's it's taking that movement, encouraging people to to upgrade and helping be the I don't know, right. I guess be the model to say, hey, let's do it this way, which is great. Um, yeah. I don't know if I would prefer that they would have done some backwards compatibility so that someone on 4.0 could still use it. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. In some ways, that's almost like making a concession and saying, okay, well, whatever.
0: Come on, man. It's 2015. Get with the program. That's what they're saying,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. Uh, so 2015 is a it is a, uh, a vertical theme. So the sidebar, I mean, the, all the menus and stuff are now on the left or the right side. Uh, there is no top menu, and it's it's a nice layout. It's really clean. Um, yeah, I like it.
0: You know, one thing I found I was I was uh, when I was doing the core dev, I was using 2015 uh, to work on that comment uh, the comment performance mm-hmm. bug. Uh, and I was using Query, uh, what is it? Qu- query Monitor, right? Yep. And Query Monitor spits out like a panel mm-hmm. um, that shows like all the queries and how long they take to run and all that stuff. And I was using that. And you, the, you know the the bar, like the pa- the fixed panel on the left in this thing. Yep. Yeah, it it's it, um, it over, overlays it. <laughs> ah, oops. I had to switch to uh, to 2014.
1: Uh, Didn't uh, isn't Query Monitor written by John Blackburn? He it is ironically. Well, I imagine that will probably get fixed up pretty soon. Then John yeah, Blackburn, yeah. for anybody who doesn't know, is the uh, was the lead for WordPress 4.1.
0: Yeah, so that is a sweet plugin, though, man. That's really the first time I, that I use that plugin all
1: the time. It yeah. it's been amazing for me. Um, yeah. One of the reasons I like 2015 for so much. Um, is because it's the closest to 2012, and 2012 is my favorite theme that's ever been released for for standard theme, um, because it's so clean, it's so easy to like. It's a perfect development theme for plugins, um, because it doesn't have a lot of styles. There's no flashiness to it. It's just great for doing development. And 2015 is the same way.
0: Oh well, I think In 2013. Uh, I think we're about close to out of time here.
1: Oh, it? we're getting super close. Yeah. Yeah, so 20, 25 so far. Um, yeah, so we're out of, we're pretty much out of time. Anybody, where, let's see, where are these questions? I got to find them.
0: Wait, what, oh, in this chat? In the chat yeah.
1: notes? Brad just gave us a note that says we got a couple of questions in the chat room. Uh, oh. I got to find them.
0: Oh, no, it's like a, it's a heap or a stack. There we go. Oh,
1: nope. Okay, well, if anybody has a question, go ahead and post it right now in the chat room, and we will see what we can do to answer it. We have five minutes left. Um, questions. There we go. Let's see if we got anything. Uh, query monitor is... If you're a developer and you're not using query monitor... Question. Do you keep upgrade routines in core forever, or... Them oh, forever?
0: That's, that's a good question. <laughs> Leave it in
1: forever. My favorite, one of my favorite features in WordPress core is that you can install version one point something and it will upgrade to 4.1 flawlessly. Right, yeah.
0: I mean, I don't know. I think I'd yeah, I don't know. A part of me wants to get it out of there at some point just for, you know, the OCD part of me,
1: right? I think it's <laughs> the same question. Do you, do you deprecate, so if you deprecate a function, do you eventually remove that function completely? Um, yeah. yeah, so there's, there's good arguments for both. Yeah. Uh, no, one. I think I think upgrade routines can probably stay in. <laughs> yeah, I I would usually keep them in. Brad, why don't you answer this one? Might this context. Using AJAX or an upgrade routine would be great, uh, except it would break in WP CLI.
0: Ooh. Ah, uh, yes. Good point.
1: Uh, Any upgrade routine would break in CLI if it does redirects.
0: Well, if if you if you code it right and you abstract your code enough and separate the AJAX from the functions that are handling things. Uh, it, you, you can still use the CLI. The CLI can still fire off uh, remote requests to an AJAX ah, endpoint, true, right? So that's that's what we do for Migrate DB Pro. We have the CLI uh, add-on, and uh, that's what it does.
1: Yeah, I'll have to look at your code for that because I'll be honest, off the top of my head, I can't even think of how to do that.
0: Well, see, the thing about our add a CLI add-on, it's our first version, so uh, <laughs> don't don't expect too much. <laughs> we need to, uh, we definitely need to, we kind of shoehorned it in there and we, we could definitely clean that up, so keep that in mind.
1: Where'd you get uh, your glasses?
0: Oh, um, uh, MSNBC. Nice. <laughs> no, uh, Warby Parker, if, if if that's a serious question. <laughs> or, you know, that act, that Parker, answer
1: actually doesn't mean anything to me. I have no idea what that is.
0: Okay, WarbyParker.com, you can order uh, glasses and you, you can order a bunch and try them on and then send them back for free. Hmm. So, uh, and, cool. and then, yeah, they'll send you the frames without the lenses and you try them on, see if they work for you, and then send oh, them nice. back. Oh,
1: nice. Okay, I've, I have heard of services like that. I just haven't heard of that one.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. Uh, I, the, um, uh, what, not optometrists, but the people that fit people for glasses—what opto optician? Oh, they hate Warby Parker because it's killing their job, man.
1: <laughs> I bet. Yeah. So uh, there's a couple other questions left in the chat, but we are out of time. Uh, so if anybody, if you would like to get your question answered, feel free. I might stick around in the chat for a little bit. I've got another session coming up here in a couple of hours for the plug-in roundtable. Uh, you can also ping us on Twitter. Brad, how do they find you?
0: At at Brad T on Twitter, and you? Yep. At Pippin's Plugins.
1: So, oh. everybody, thanks for chiming in. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy the rest of the word Session.